0: I'm the youth and young adults pastor at North Brisbane Salvos. Do you call them Salvos over here, or is it Salvation Army? Salies. So Salies, Sally's yeah, Sally's, yeah. yeah. In Australia, we like to kind of abbreviate stuff because everything's too long. Um, <laughs> or we put O's on the end of things, so we, we say Salvos. So I'm from there. I've been there a couple of years now, um, and it's great. But I've, I've known Ray and Shan for probably about probably about six years now, I think, since the first time I, I, I did Red Frogs. Um, and, like... Um, Probably the truth is that like, we were waiting in line at Red Frogs, and these guys were behind us, and these guys had a game. So we, they kind of welcomed us into their circle, and we got to play a game with them. I think they the it's like tribal speed. What's it called? Tribal. Jungle, jam. jungle Jam, jungle jam. If you hang out with Rain Shan enough, you'll probably get a chance to play it. It's a really great game, um, but it's such a privilege and an honour to be here this morning with you guys. Um, it's so great being here and being in a place where where families are, where there's kids making noises, because it reminds me of my own church one thing that we really value is intergenerational ministry and that's having kids alongside elderly people um everyone in together um everyone in there and really it just reminds me of home hearing kids like we, we have kids just running around all the time which sometimes seems a bit mental but i love it because god's kingdom is all inclusive yeah? yeah it's about everyone whether you're a little baby or whether you're you're in a, you're older than you're like ray wow yeah and rough chat on, and honest one <laughs> on no i'm joking i'm joking i'm joking, I'm joking. But this morning, I, I want to share with you this thought, and it, it comes from a story. I don't know if you're familiar with, with, with the story of Daniel, the story of Daniel and the lion's Then It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Um, and We're, we're going to be looking at that, and we're going to pull out some things from there that I, that I really feel can help you journey with God, can help you survive in this world today. Does that sound cool? Yeah. Awesome. Well, if you have a Bible with you, I want you to turn with me to, to, to Daniel 6. Daniel 6, if you don't have a Bible, um, find someone that does, peek over their shoulder. If not, Google it real quick, I'll give you some time. Daniel 6, Daniel 6, and we're going to be reading a little bit from 1 to 24, just so you can understand the whole story. Daniel 6, 1 to 24, In my Bible is titled Daniel and the Lion's Den, and it says this, Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticise or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, completely trustworthy. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in, in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We're all in agreement... We administrators, office, officials, high officers, advisers, and governors that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone divine or human except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone divine or human except to you your majesty will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied. That decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and the Persians it cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of, your, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. Then the king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, the king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and, he, and the seal of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, sermon of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the, from the lion's Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angels, His angel to shut the lion's mouths so that it would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in God. Let's pray. Dear God. I pray that in these moments here, Lord, that you will speak. That people's eyes, people's hearts will be open to hear what you have to say, Lord God. And that the lines in our lives will be silenced, Lord God, so that your voice can be louder. So that your voice can speak right into our hearts, Lord. Father God, we pray that this morning that we will be changed. And we will leave here knowing you that you are the true King, the true God. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 This morning, I want to talk to you from the thought of be still in the den. Be still in the den. Why don't you, why, why don't you say that with me? Say it like an Australian. I know my accent's a little strong. Like um, me, me and Hemi, we, we went to this camp the other week, and they're like, oh, Hemi's all right, but you are really Australian. Like, um, so pretty much what that means is I'm a bit more bogan than, than Hemi. So, so why don't you say it with me? Be still in the den. Let's go. Be still, Be still in the in, den. In the den. yes, that was pretty, pretty strange. Be still in the den. Well, when I was reading this story, uh, for me, when I normally read things or when I when I normally do things, like I, I get songs in my head. I get songs in my head all the time. Is anyone else like that when life is kind of like a musical? There's always a chance for a song or something like that. Um, that's, that's how my mind works. It's good. It's bad. Sometimes it's really bad and not good at all, depending on certain environments I'm in. But when I was reading the story, what I had in my mind was the Katy Perry song. I don't know if you heard. I've got the eye of the tiger. A fighter. A dancing. It's really embarrassing because it's a Katy Perry song. Um, but you're going to hear me roar. Ro- oh, 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 sorry for that. Um, you want to hear me roar? And when I was reading this, reading this story, like well, I, I love lines. Like, like when I was a little kid, like lines were my favorite angle. Because who's the king of the jungle? The line. It's the line. My nephew, I, I've, I've purposely tried to teach him my favorite things. Um, so he, he, used to have he, his favorite color used to be blue, but I'm like, no, you know what? Hey, red's really good color. <laughs> Red's a really good colour. And so now he's got this line that's his favourite thing. And he loves doing the lines roar Because, you know, who's the king in the jungle? is the line. They have this mighty roar. And when I was reading this, you know, Katy Perry's in my head going, uh, 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 I'm like, these lines are going to roar. And then we found in the, in the story that, that, that God saves Daniel in a way that is probably different to what I, I would do. See, see, God allows Daniel... To go into this den. And he doesn't take out the lions. But what he does is he closes their mouth. And he stops them from roaring. Stops them from eating. But what he does is he, is he, is he shuts their mouth. For me, I, I probably would have been like, alright, the lions are dead. That's, that's me. Or Daniel isn't going to go out there. I'll just pull him straight out. But God places Daniel in a place where there's some serious things around him. In a circumstance when it seems really bad. But God does. Is he shuts the mouth of the lion. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this all, but, but Daniel was, was this really high-up official. He, he was this man that was just, you know, favoured by God. And he worked his way up. The king saw this. So the king placed him up really high. Um, and his, the people around him didn't like this. I don't know if, if you have this over in New Zealand, but one thing we have back in Australia is this thing called Tor poppy syndrome. Tall Poppy Syndrome. When, when someone who, who who's who's going pretty well, who's, who's someone who's you know life is pretty good for them, like people around them are like they cannot last very much longer. We're going to bring them right down. So they do whatever they can to bring them back down. Tall Poppy Syndrome. You guys uh, understand Tall Poppy Syndrome? So the people around Daniel had Tall Poppy Syndrome. So so they work so hard. They so so they try to figure out what they could do to bring Daniel back, and, and they work. And then this king passes this law. Pray to no one except for me. Pray to no one except for me. <laughs> and Daniel couldn't do this. I don't know if you've ever experienced something like this. When you're doing all that you can do, you're doing everything right. You're living life. You're praying to God. You're doing your devotion. You're reading your Bible. You're doing all these things. But still something happens. Something unfair happens to you you're walking with God and things are going really well. You're doing everything that you can to live for him, but then something unfair happens to you. It's hard because that's the reality of the fallen world we live in. But something that I've learned, something that they taught me during Bible college with our communication classes, that I think Daniel knew was preparation prevents Panic. <laughs> Preparation <laughs> prevents panic. Daniel was prepared. Scholars think that, that in the story, about this time when Daniel goes into the line Daniel was about 85 years old. And, and we see just prior to, to Daniel's arrest, in, in verse 10, it says, Daniel went home. He got on his knees and prayed, just as he always did. Daniel... Spent time with God. Daniel lived a life centered around God. Daniel went home just as he always did. He prayed with God. He did all these things. And I think that Daniel was prepared for the den. Daniel, because he spent so much time with God. Because he, because he spent so much time praying and worshiping God. And being, being in close intimacy with God. That Daniel was prepared no matter where he went. And that Daniel didn't panic because he knew who God is. Daniel knew who God was because he prepared himself for all things. When I started to look at the, the, this passage a bit more. I was reminded of this psalm. and it's Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know God. Be still and know that I am God. And I want to say, suggest to you today that Daniel knew God. Because Daniel spent so much time being still, that he knew God. And that despite all things, despite being thrown in the den of lions, Daniel could be still and know that God has this. As I said before, I've got got my nephew, my nephew... Um, I've got three nephews now, I've got I to gotta make sure I don't say my favourite nephew or anything like that, because they get really yeah, <laughs> competitive now. Um, but they've recently moved in into our place, so I've got a, a five-year-old and a, and a two-year-old, and, and they're, they're awesome, they're crazy, they're awesome, um, but one thing they like to do, because they love lines, is is they watch movies. So they've seen the stuff like Madagascar. Anyone seen Madagascar? Or oh, with Alex the Lion. Um, Alex the Lion. Um, and then there's like other ones. like there's, there's the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion in that, just majestic. Um, but what I've, what I've started to learn, like there's good lines, there's bad lines growing up. So we've got like Simba, who is incredible. Like Mufasa, incredible line. But then we also have Scar. We also have this guy. Uh, and and I, was, uh, I learned all about these good lines and these bad lines. And, and, and I started to look more at these lines in the Bible. I started to understand a bit more about these lines. And, and it was interesting to me in, in 1 Peter 5 verse 8. 1 Peter 5 verse 8, it says this thing. It says this thing. Peter, one of the disciples, he, he writes this. He says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, Resist him, standing firm in, firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers, the church here throughout the world is, is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. So Peter warns people and he says, you know what, There's, the devil's like a roaring lion. He roars around. and He's looking for prey. He's looking for things to devour. I've never physically physically been in a den with lions. Anyone here been in a den with lions? Uh, me either. I wish, like, I kind of wish I could, but then at the same time, I don't because I know lions are king of the jungle, and they're king of the jungle for a reason. But I remember th- this time. This time, probably three years ago. This time three years ago, I, I, I'd just been uh, become youth pastor at a church. And it's probably six months into this journey here. Now, I just found myself in a, in a situation where I felt like I was in a dam with lines. No. I felt like I was being pushed back. I felt like I had been cornered. No. I felt like I had been pinned against the wall because all these things were roaring at me. All, all, all these voices were, were speaking louder. All these, all these things were roaring at me. And it went on for a little while. It went on for, for a little while. And then I found myself one night, I was driving home and I was, uh, these lines were roaring so loud and I was, I was contemplating with myself. You know how sometimes you have that battle with yourself and I'm like, is this really worth it? Is, is this fight really worth it? Is, is it worth me going on? He's getting pushed back. His lines were getting louder. I get home. I go in. Just, I just sit down. And just in a moment... I sit down and I say, you know what? God, show up. And in that moment, in that moment of stillness, these lines were quiet. The things that had been roaring so loud, telling me, you can't do this. You know, you're you're not worth it. It's not worth doing this. All these things that had been roaring so loud in my life were silenced. In a moment of stillness, God told me who he was. And he told me who I was. So this morning, I want to go through a journey. I want to look at a couple of different lines. A couple of different lines that that have been roaring in my life. Maybe that's the same for you. Maybe you've had different ones. But a couple of different lines in my life and what happens when we still ourselves and, and, and we get to know the God who can silence all lines and close their mouths. So the first line I want to talk to you about. The first line is, is, is a line of addiction. The line of addiction. See, this line is fierce. It roars loud. It enslaves people. It, it traps people up. It roars and says, you know, this is who you are. This is who you will be forever. You know, you need to do this. You need this. You, you need this. You can't survive without this. Uh, I, I, love, I love the Old Testament because there's all these different stories of people... And they're they're real people. We see the good things, the bad things, the ugly things, the terrible things. But we see all these things. And another one of my, my favourite stories is this guy called Samson. Has anyone heard of Samson? I really want them to make like a Hollywood movie, like with Samson. I reckon The Rock would kill that, like <laughs> Samson was this like this awesome man. Like, um, but Samson, I reckon, was probably he was like he took this thing called a Nazarite vow. And what this meant was that he couldn't do certain things. So he, he couldn't go near a dead animal. He couldn't drink wine. Um, and, and one thing, like he got his strength from, from his hair growing long. Um, yeah, that's cool. Top knot probably. Um, but he did this thing. I and Samson was addicted to doing the wrong thing. Because you read this story and Samson ticks everything off that he wasn't supposed to do. So Samson wasn't supposed to go near a dead animal. He goes and he eats something out of a dead animal. He wasn't supposed to drink wine. He drinks wine. He does all these things. And he just does the wrong thing after wrong thing after wrong thing after wrong thing. God still uses him, but he keeps doing these wrong things, wrong things, wrong things. Just constantly doing the wrong thing. And at the end, near the end of his story, we find himself trapped. We find himself chained up. If you've ever being caught up in something like this, like Samson, when the roar of addiction comes and says, this is who you are. You'll never get rid of this. You have to do this. Samson found himself in a position where, you know what? This is who I am. I'm trapped up. I've done all these wrong things and this is where I find myself in chains, stuck here. But Samson finds himself pushed to to his very end in chains in in the enemy temple. He cries out to God. And in a moment, we see Samson experience this freedom from his chains. He wasn't too far gone for God to set him free and to release him into something new. I, I want to tell you this morning that that when a line of addiction starts to roar and tries to chain you up and tries to tell you that this is who you are, you won't get past this, you won't get through this, but you need this, I want to tell you to be still and know freedom. Be still and know the God of freedom, that no matter how far you go, no matter how trapped up, no matter how chained up you find yourself, that God can still set you free. All you need to do is be still and know the God of freedom be still and no freedom. When the line of addiction starts to roar, be still and no freedom. The second line, the second line uh, that, that I've experienced that, that, that was roaring loud in my life was the line of shame. It roars and says, you know what you've done. God can't use you. You're not good enough. If people knew what, what you do, they'd think differently of you. There's this passage in Jesus' ministry. It's found in John App. John App. John App. Man, my goodness. John 8. Wowee. John 8. It's the story of this, of this woman caught in adultery. This woman caught in adultery. And, and here we find this passage of Jesus that these people, these these Pharisees, these religious rulers of the day have have, have caught this woman. They've caught her in in this very act of adultery. They've brought her out. They're trying to shame her. They throw her down straight in front of Jesus and they're waiting for Jesus to respond. They're trying to, you know, trap Jesus into doing something wrong. They want to stone this girl because, you know, she's been caught in this act. But Jesus, you know, He reaches down to her, draws something in the dirt. Who knows what he drew? could be anything. He he, he goes down to her and all these people are trying to accuse her, telling her, you know what, you're caught in the act, like this is who you are. Jesus reaches down, pulls her up out of where she was and he tells her, you know what, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. He reaches down to this person who who, who, who the line of, of shame would be roaring so loud. The line, line of shame would be saying, you know, you, you got caught. Everyone knows this. You, you know, this person, you're like, you deserve to die. You should be stoned. But Jesus reaches down, pulls her up, and he says, you know what, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Be free from this. Go live a new life away from this. Go and be someone different. I, I want to tell you, when the line of shame starts to roar in your life, be still and know grace. Be still and know the God of grace. That no matter what we've done, no matter, no matter how many times we do wrong, no grace. That God's arms are open for us to run into. That God can come and lift us out of of our pit, out of our den, and release us into something new because we have such a gracious God. One of the most popular Bible verses is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. One of my favorites is John 3.17, which says, The Son of Man did not come to condemn, condemn the world but to save the world. God doesn't want to come down. He's not a God that condemns us, but what he does is he picks us up and he saves us and he releases us into something new. I want to say, be still and know this gracious God. When the line of shame starts to roar, be still and know grace. The third line, the third line, I want to speak to you. We're almost there, we're almost there. We're getting there, we're getting there. there. It's good. (laughs) Is, is this line of despair. Have you ever found yourself in a hopeless situation? A place where everything has gone wrong time and time after and you found that hope has gone. This is when the line of despair starts to rule. It says it, it, never hap- it will never happen. It is what it is. It's always going to be this way another story another, another Bible we're, we're journeying all through the Bible today it's good it's good I like it um, there's it, it, this person called Jonah Jonah and the, and the whale the Jonah and the big fish however you want to say it but this story of Jonah and God calls him to this situation God calls him he says you no know, go and save these people but Jonah's like no I don't want to do that it's hopeless these people are way too far gone it can't be done so he runs away He turns away. After running away, after kind of God, you know, God bringing him back into line, after some persuading, Jonah comes back. And he goes to this place where God told him to go, the, the place that Jonah thought was too far gone. And we see this whole world change. We see this whole culture change. We see this place saved. A hopeless place, a hopeless situation. And hope is brought back. I don't know what the things that you've been going through. But I want to tell you this morning that maybe it's time to believe again. Maybe it's time to to hope again. Maybe it's time to live again. Maybe, Maybe you used to have this dream but you kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And push back, and push back. And the line of despair started to roll louder. I want to tell you this morning that there is hope. Dream again. Believe again. Maybe you just keep getting sicker. Health issues just stay with you. And at first it was easy for you to believe for healing. It was easy for you to believe and say, you know, yeah, now God is good. God is good. God, is, God can heal me. But just step back. After setback, after setback, after setback, kept happening. I want to tell you this morning, believe again. Believe again, because God is a healer. God is a God of the miraculous, and God can do all things. Believe again. Don't let the line of despair start to roar in your life. But be still and know hope. Be still and know the God of hope. The fourth one, my last one. There's the line of fear. The line of fear. <coughs> this was probably one of the biggest lines I, I faced growing up. I still face a little bit because you know, sometimes I get scared. But fear is crippling. It, it can hold us back. It stops us from reaching our full potential. It roars and says, you can't do this. What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? All these things in fear really holds us back. Well one of the things I, I used to fear the most was was the fear of unknown. The fear of not knowing what was going to happen. The fear of fear of like oh, what what would what would happen later on. This really this fear of not knowing. One of my friends, his name is his name is Riker Bailey. His name is Riker Bailey. Um, he's a really great guy. And one time we went to this this place called the Corumban Rock Pools. If you're ever in Australia, um, down near the Gold Coast, check it out, it's really cool. What they had there was this rope swing. So this rope swing would be up like up in a tree. It swung down. It's probably like a maybe like a five meter drop into this pool of water. Um, and it was awesome. It was so much fun. So like we, a couple of, like a few of us were there. Um, and, like so because I always get I'm always the one to check the depth and stuff like that. It sucks. They're like they're all scared of like going in and stuff like that to check it. But I always get that job, which I don't like at all. Um, and, and like so I go in there. I, I get on the swing. and I'm like oh yeah, not nah, cool. Swing out, let go. I'm like, this is cool. This is great. Um, it's, it's really warm there, so it's great to be in water. Um, and then so my, my other friend goes, and he's scared a little bit. So he's up there. He's, he's like, oh, no, nah, it's okay. Jeremy's gone. It's going to be fine. So he swings out. Let's go. He's fine. And then my friend, Riker Bailey, Riker Bailey gets up there, and he's, he, he's standing at the rope swing, and he's there, and he's like... <laughs> like, he's is, he is scared. Like, he's he is, he is, he is afraid, man. Like, he's he really scared. So he's there, he's like shaking. And like, we're telling him, Ruck, oh, do it. It's not even bad. Like, it's so good. It's so much fun. And Ruck is there. He's like, say, yeah, cool. Uh, and then finally, so after a little while, he summons up the courage. He steps out. He swings. <laughs> so he grabbed a hold of him and he's just there and he's like and he's, he's, no I'm kidding I'm not kidding you he swings out and he swings back and he it's like the, the side of like the cliff thing so it's like he swung out and he swings back in and he's hit the cliff and then he's kind of like slowly trying to push himself out and then fallen into water we, we laughed at him uh, we really encouraged him a lot after that <laughs> but fear can cripple us, yeah? Fear sometimes causes us to hold on to things for too long. Fear sometimes causes us to grab onto things and to just carry them around and to just hold on them. And, and what this can do is sometimes stop us from doing all that we can do for God because we're too focused and too scared because we're just holding this thing. Because if we actually release that, God has something great for us. The line of fear can start to roar in your life. But I want to tell you, be still and know peace. Be still and know a God that that no matter what we go through, He is still there with us. Fear not, for God is with you. In our story today, we, we read about a man who was thrown into a den of lions. This man that, despite all situations that, that came in him, despite being thrown in this, he was still in a situation where he had peace. With a line of despair, when the line of fear starts to roar, be still and know peace. Be still and know that God is with you. Through all things. We're going to move into a time now where I want to allow God to speak. I don't know what you've been going through. I don't don't know what lines have been growing in your your life. Maybe maybe it's some that I've mentioned. Maybe some that I've been through. Maybe there's some other things. But we're going to take a moment here. And what I want us to do is to allow God to speak. Allow God... (coughs) to shut the mouths of the lions around us. Like I did in that moment when I felt like I was being cornered, when I felt like I was being pinned. I want us in in the midst of all our business, in, in our busy lives, to take a moment and to be still with God and allow Him to speak in our lives. Hemi's going to lead us in a song. And what I want us to do is I want us to be still. Because I'm believing that the lines that have been roaring in your lives are going to be silenced. Their mouths are going to be closed. And then we're going to allow God to speak. And what I want us to do is to, to take a step of boldness. And I'm sure Ray... Ray and I and maybe someone else would love to pray with you and what I want us to do is to create a space where God can speak to us so him is going to lead us in a song Ray and I will be up the front and if you feel that you know oh there's been this line that's been roaring in my life we'd love to pray for you pray that God would shut that mouth And then we're just going to allow God and His Holy Spirit to speak to us and commit us to us. To Him, He's going to lead us in a song. Let's use this moment here to allow God to speak to us. Maybe, Maybe you've forgotten who God is. Maybe you've spent some time walking away from God, stepping away from God. God wants to tell you who He is. God wants to accept you and show you with grace, with open arms, that He's here for you today. So Hemi's going to lead us here. If you'd like prayer for anything, feel free to come up front. We'd love to pray with you and believe with you and a dream with you again.